It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires and I'm the host of this podcast. Hey, uh, this, today we have a, 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 a good friend of mine on and I'm going to say his name correctly because I've worked on it, Alex Enfiegian. Alex, how's it going, man? Hey, friend, Jason. It's so good to be back with you and it is going well. Thank you. And you rocked my name, which only true rock stars can do. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day um who's come across worship ministry training and and they were like hey alex from worship ministry training i said and i was like what's his last name and they were like from worship ministry training that's what we're going to call him from now on and i was like i can i know his name it's like a secret passcode that's right if you can say it right you get into the academy for free if you can say my name right (laughs) and fiegian it's horrible though because my last name is long and worship ministry training as a brand name is long it's just a big long mess so Never. is your name Alex Enfiegian from Worship Ministry Training? Is that? I mean, my actual name, believe it or not, is Alexon, which is the Armenian version of Alexander. Um, but nobody can, it's just even more confusing. So we just cut it to Alex when just I was cut it to, oh, That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so, But only few people know that. So you're, you're one and your listeners are now. Wow. This is, we just got let into a secret in, in, in your world. The chambers <laughs> keep opening. Yeah. The chambers keep opening. Hey, but for those that don't know you, uh, tell us a little bit more about you and uh, and where you're coming from. Sure. I'm in Los Angeles, married, couple kids, and um, serve as a worship pastor, or up until recently did that. And for many years, I'm thirty, going to be 38 soon. And, uh, you know, multiple sized churches and, across, you know, 20 years. And so I've really learned, like, the, the principles and practices that can lead to a really healthy thriving, organized, excellent ministry. And I started teaching people through my podcast, the Worship Ministry Training Podcast. And then that eventually turned into courses, which turned into an academy. So for worship leaders, usually worship leaders who are new and get thrown into ministry, and they're like, I know how to play songs. I know how to kind of pick songs, but I don't really know how to build a set or lead a healthy team or create systems that organize my ministry and make it, you know, flow without chaos like those are the people who usually find worship ministry training and we resource them with all of our courses and our you know all of our templates and everything so uh, that's what we do and um i've been doing it yeah for a, a quite a while now so but that's yeah awesome that's awesome i love it i love it man well this, this month we're talking about stage transitions stage presence um and kind of like what that looks like and i know everybody this is a kind of a common topic talking about how you act on stage and what you're doing. And um, you kind of get up on stage and sometimes might freeze or, um, but before we get into the content, one of my favorite questions is, can you tell us a funny stage story? Like something that happened maybe to you or something that, that like you, you've experienced on stage. Cause we've all, these are stories we can all, all we, we can all relate to. Yeah, I have one. It's not like super crazy. Like I didn't say, have you ever heard the one where the guy said breast instead of blessed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or cussed instead of, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, it's not one of those, but I was leading 10,000 reasons, I think. And I 
change i landed on like the five chord and i was going to change keys and go into what a beautiful name yep of course um just like as a tag but in a different key and i usually almost never recommend tagging a song in a different key but i thought i could make it work and i had practiced it over and over because it's just weird to you know switch and so i landed on the five and that was going to become the root of the, the next song and i just started singing in the just completely I, it wasn't either key it was a no key and it was like the ugliest sound i'm like what a powerful name <laughs> like just like so wrong and um did his voice just crack is that what that was <laughs> yeah yeah it was all of that all of that all of it and um you know, at my church, there's like it's a two thousand person room, so there's like a whole bunch of people watching me utterly fail. And I just had to say, but I laughed and I said, "Hey, it happens sometimes." And then I was like, "Let's just sing about his power." And uh, so, the, you know, you have to laugh those things off. And actually, I found, Jason, I'm sure you agree, when you make light of it and make fun of yourself, people actually lean in more. They yep. like you more, and they want to follow you more. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my utter failure on stage in front of a lot of people. So that's a great, that's a great point though. In the, cause if you, if you try and polish it over and try and walk past it, like it didn't happen, you're going to end up being more, having more anxiety about it. The moment you bring it to light, people go, oh yeah, he's human. That's right. Yeah. He's a human. Like not, this isn't a concert. This isn't a show. This is, correct. this is a bunch of Christians trying to worship Jesus and doing the best we can. And it really puts that human element on it. And I mean, you can't stop every time you have a failure, especially if it's a small, like little, right. like you forgot a lyric or whatever, you're not going to stop and, and be like, let's start the song over or let's, you know, but if it's like a train wreck moment, like you just got to point it out and laugh together. Hopefully laugh. Hopefully not get fired. If your pastor's like that, I'm sorry. That's done. Yeah. No, no mistakes are allowed on stage. That's, that's how yeah. it, that's how we roll. That's right. No grace. <laughs> no grace. Hey, so what, wh whether you're a brand new or seasoned leader, it's important to always, it's always get better at what you do. What are some tips uh, that you can share that worship leaders should use to determine what to say on stage, when to say it kind of like, how do I, I mean, I, like I said, if, if whether you're seasoned or brand new, to doing this it's always good to kind of re-remind yourself about this kind of thing so like how would you give us some tips on like what do i say when do i say it is this too much to say kind of that whole world sure yeah well, that was actually in our academy we have like you know forums or thread like facebook thread type things and that was one that came up recently which is like how do i keep my service intro fresh you know or like what do i say in between songs so that it's not always like just song to song to song. So yeah, this is something that a lot of worship leaders struggle with. And I, I do have three thoughts for that. And that is, you know, what do we say or how do we get better at what we say? The first is to use scripture um, because worship, biblical worship is always revelation first, then response, revelation, then response. And so when we use the word of God, we actually reveal the nature of God, which then leads to the worship of God, right? By the people of God. Yep. And so, you know, whether it's at the top of the service, the call to worship, so to speak, what, what we like to call the call to worship, when you rally the people's hearts and minds to, to focus on why they're there, uh, you know, whether it's in your prayers, whether it's an exhortation before a brand new song, or maybe the, an exhortation before singing a bridge of a song, like you kind of pause and vamp on like the one chord before you start to sing the bridge and you kind of talk over that space. Those are different spaces you can talk, but my encouragement is to use scripture when you talk. Um, and, and that's because 
the more scripture you use, the more clearly Christ will be revealed. And the more clearly he's revealed, the more passionate your church will respond and worship. So that's the first thing that I would say about speaking. The second thing, and this is a mistake I see a lot from worship leaders, is to keep the thoughts and the themes connected between songs, between prayers, because songs, I like to say songs are simply prayers set to music. And so the best prayers or the best exhortations are thematically tied into the song that you just sang or the song that you're about to sing, right? There should be a a coherent theme between we just played this and sang these words. And so now I'm going to pray these words that are connected to those words. And I just see a lot of worship leaders who view their sets like these chopped up blocks of like nothingness where it's like random song theme one, unrelated prayer one, random song theme two, uh, unrelated sort of kind of related spoken exhortation to like, it's, it's like, it needs to be this woven tapestry of like one theme or a morphing of themes that are really strongly connected to one another. And that has to do with our song choice and our word choice between the songs or in the prayers. And so that's the second thing. And then the last thing I always tell people is practice it out loud. Like it's not weird to be in the back, to write down your thoughts, writing down your thoughts I heard a phrase and I'm going to probably butcher the phrase, but it's like something about thoughts untangle themselves when they pass over lips or pencil tips. But like until you get it out of your mouth or written down on paper, it's not clear. And when you speak it or write it, it becomes clear. So get it out first and then actually practice it. And I always recommend worship leaders who are just starting out to write it down, practice it in the back over and over until you're pretty comfortable that when you get on stage and the lights on you, you're not going to freeze or put it on your music stand. If you use a music stand and just, you know, like read it, but don't like rotely read it, but read it with passion when you're on stage, if you have to do that. But eventually you get off of that, that crutch and you're able to do it without even really putting too much thought into it like that. Those are the early days kind of, you know, practice steps that you need to take. I love it. And I think those are, I mean, whether, like I said, whether you're new or you're seasoned, like oftentimes as a seasoned worship leader, you can kind of roll into, I got this. It's fine. It's totally fine. And that's where, that's where mistakes happen. And I love your, the, those points that kind of wrap, if I, if I could like wrap a thread in, in, in there, it feels like intentionality. Like if we're going to be intentional about the moments that we're creating as worship leaders to go, I want to, I want to be intentional Every time I walk on stage, every time we step foot into this into into the room, every time we we begin another service, um, on this uh, earlier this month on the podcast, um, one of the guys that we were talking I was uh, talking to, he said, um, he said that every Sunday is could be somebody's first Sunday at church, or every Sunday could be it could be that Sunday that is the pivotal moment in somebody's life, and we don't ever think about it that way. Because it's like, we always just go, oh, it's another Sunday. You know, my job is to create, just to write a set list and, and do songs. And and so being intentional in those moments is so powerful because that's where that's where you see a, like, amazing things happen. Yeah. And just to flow off that, like the pastor is not the only pastor. Like there yeah. are multiple pastors and I view worship leaders in a very pastoral role. And you want to craft your worship set hopefully, as well as your pastor, hopefully, is crafting his sermon. Yep. Um, Because I don't know about you, Jason, but when a pastor has like 85 points and they're all unrelated, I can't follow. Nope. When a pastor has one point 
and he's cut away all the fat and all the unintentional words. It's clear, it's focused, it's helpful, it's it's pushing me in a certain direction and it's helping me grow. And I like to say that sermon, the best sermons have only one point. And I think the best worship sets have only one point or a very close cluster of related points. Yep. Um, and, you know, same thing with your podcast. Like, hey, today this today this episode's about being better on stage. And in fact, this whole month we're focusing on that topic, right? And so yep. great people do that, just like you, Jason. You're great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, that's, um, so, hey, my next question for you is, okay, so if I'm on stage, my brain starts to wander. We've all been there where it's uh, you're you're standing up there and all of a sudden you're thinking about lunch or you're thinking about you know it, it might be the second service and you go oh my gosh did i do the second verse of the song already because i know i've done it today you know we, we we did sound check and then we did this and now it's like have i done or where am i at in the song i kind of panic a little bit how do i bring it back like how do i kind of like come back and make and like check back in and um kind of bring my my brain back to the present do you have some mm -hmm. thoughts? Do you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned the lunch thing because that's usually what I would think of first. I do it. Well. Every, I do it most <laughs> weeks. At some point in the service, I'm like, lunch sounds great right now. And yeah. as, you're, as you're playing, and well, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of the service. What did yeah. I well, I hope to set a few worship leaders free with this first thought. I didn't write this down when I was looking at your questions, but this popped to me, and I think I need to say it for someone. You know, worship is more than music. We know. We all know that, but worship is a life that's wholly submitted to bringing God honor, right? And so as you're on stage leading people, if if you're not having this profound worship experience yourself, is that ideal? Is that nice when it happens? Yes, it is. And I pray for more of those in my life. But the fact that you're on stage giving your time, your talent, your energy to the Lord to be used as a, as a broken, open vessel before him, Lord, fill me, use me, break me, pour me out to the people, right? Um, you're serving God and serving God is an act of worship. And so even if your brain is a little bit sometimes like here or there, and that's a whole other side topic that we could and should talk about is like, how do we focus our brains a little bit in this super hyper distracted society yep. that we dwell in? But yeah, I mean, so on stage, if you're serving the Lord, you are worshiping him, whether or not you are having this profound spiritual encounter. Um, now, that means we should definitely be having those encounters with the Lord in our own personal time, because sometimes when you're on stage and you've got to lead a team and you've got to lead a church and you got to make sure the tech's working, it, it is distracting. But that serving is your act of worship in those moments. So I didn't, you know, um, plan to say that, but I think it's important that I, yeah. I do say that. Now, for me, when I am on stage and I do have my thoughts running around strange, I just throw up a prayer, Lord, help me to focus, help me to focus on you. Um, and then I also, this has been helpful as well, as I try to pray for the people that I'm leading. So I'm looking out at all these faces and I'm thinking like some of these people are going through divorce. Some of these people, their children are, are prodigals. Some of these people, whatever it is. And I just start to pray for those people and, you know, bless them, Lord, help them, Lord, protect them, Lord. And I'm like singing like on autopilot and my mind and my heart is praying like different prayers for them. Now, obviously that takes muscle memory and practice. So you can't be like a total noob and do that. But, you know, I think anyone who puts in the time and the reps can get to that point. Um, but yeah, when we, when we pray for others and we put our thoughts on others, our focus on others, then our own thoughts can kind of like get, there's no space for our own thoughts to be like, what's for lunch or 
but yeah, I, I do think about, is the drummer going to hit the break? I hope the drummer hits the break. And, the, you know, you look over at the drummer and you're like trying to nod with your head. Like all of that's part of the role and that's okay. And that's serving and serving is worship. So that's how I would answer that. A couple of weeks ago, I got to play at a church, um, not lead. I just sang, I, I just had a, just had a microphone and I was singing kind of on a front line of vocalist. And I was like, this is why people volunteer to do this. Like I had no responsibility. I just, I just got up and like sang my parts and it was so much fun. And then I, I could see that you could look over the worship leader. And I could tell he was panicking a little bit and there was moments of stress and, you know, I kind of like, I know exactly where you're at, but over here, I, all I get, all I have to do is focus on what I'm, what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm not responsible for the band or the tech or just everything. And I'm like, I walked away going, this is why people volunteer to do this. this wow. is why, like, it was like a moment where I'm like, as a leader, you sometimes forget because it's like you have so many. Uh, there's so much circling around in your brain to try yeah. and get from point A to point B in the band. And the, you hope that this works and, you know, that everything happens. And especially if you come out of like a sound check that had technical problems and you <laughs> got them all fixed and you hope that they hold, you know, while yeah. you're while you're on stage. Well, that's a really interesting point, because you're you're right. We project our stress levels on our volunteers, which is why most worship leaders are always telling their volunteers, don't burn out like this is, and they're like, no, I love serving. And you're like, no, 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 you don't, you need a break. (laughs) But, but that's a really great point. We're just putting what we feel in our situation onto what they experience, which is actually not the truth. So thank you for illuminating that for us. That's right. Well, because you, yeah, they'd sit back and go, they sit back and go, you need a, you, you need a Sunday off every month and you need to, and you're like, no, I need a Sunday off every month. I say, that's what I'm actually, I'm pointing the finger back at myself. That's, funny. that's, that's amazing. Um, so let's, we talked about it a little bit, but I want, let's, let's go real specific here. Why are transitions so important to the worship experience? If why, why is it important to know what's coming? Why is it important to, to, to seamlessly get from point A to point B and not just go, everybody knows what we're doing. And, you know, kind of kind of walk us through that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it really goes back to that idea of keeping everything connected. So just like you keep the people's thoughts and the themes and the prayers flowing from one to the next, you also want to create that flow musically. Um, and so that it's not like four individual broken up songs that are like start, stop, start, stop, unrelated themes, unrelated keys, uh, awkward moments of silence in between. You want it to be this one unbroken time of praise, something that feels really natural and organic. That's like we started here. We went on this journey. There's ups and downs, but it's all connected. And the smoother that our transitions can be and th- the more immersive our times of worship can be, because it's like you're creating this space this undistracted atmosphere where it's just going like on this journey from one you know mountain peak to the next without it being broken up and i don't understand the people who work really hard on like a song arrangement and work really hard to make this super epic moment happen and then they just kill the moment immediately after the song's done they change their capo they change the chord chart there's awkward silence and i see this all the time i mean even at churches you and i you know have both led at it's like if I watch the live stream, it's like, whoa, like that transition was like 25 seconds or, you know, just like way too long. Right. Yep, and yep, yep. it's like we, we want to learn how to massage our transitions and combine songs and combine or cut the outro of a song so that we can go right into the intro of a song or, or those types of creative things where it, it feels just like this one musical 
and logical flow because you've already worked to create thematic flow and now you've created a musical flow and it really puts people in this both like emotional and mental flow which really gets to the idea of like spirit and truth worship right because like the the emotional would be the musical side where you're expressing how you feel through the music but then the logical would be the truth side which is like all the thematic truth and the theological truth that you're putting in your songs and and you're taking people on this spirit and truth journey because you've worked out the flow both musically and thematically and i think it's really powerful and it's it's like a head and heart experience you know yeah what would you say to the person who's sitting back thinking right now like gosh this is amazing like i i don't i don't do any of that and i where would i where should i start like how would i what, yeah. what, would, what would be a good like like you know first kind of like first kind of task or, or a, a point to kind of cross or thing to do because it's kind of it's not it's it's impossible to do like next week we're going to flip a switch and it's just going to work and i'm going to yeah. do all these things right but like where would be a good like try to do this really well for first and then and then kind of build from there sure well i have a free resource i have a free ebook that actually explains exactly how to do all this that they can get at worshipministrytraining.com slash resources um, and that's just free. You just put your email and you'll get the book, <clears throat> but we'll put that, we'll put that link in the, in the show notes, just so okay. if, if you're, if you're, if you're listening and didn't write it down, it'll be in Thank the show you. notes for you. Thank you. And the, but just to give an actual practical to someone listening, who's not going to remember to go get that ebook. Yeah. Um, like what I like to say is, okay, first of all, you have to figure out your related keys. So like, you know, usually you're going to either stay on the same key or you're going to go to the five chord as your new key or the four chord as your new key and again i also have that's also a free resource on that same page um that they can get the different related keys but um like you want to you want to at least figure out that the keys are related but what i like to do is when i get to the end of a song i you know I, I, let's say i'm in my room kind of like practicing or preparing for the set picking songs when i get to the end of one song that i really feel strongly about including in the set when I land at the end of that one, I, I always ask myself, like, what does my heart want to say next? And I'm kind of like strumming and thinking and like thinking about songs that I've, you know, that are in my mental library back there, or I'm scrolling on planning center, like trying out the first line of the next song, you know, looking at the planning center list, like that one little question, what does my heart want to say next is will usually get you pretty close. Now that's a very oversimplified thing, but you asked for like, what's the, yeah. the first baby step? And I would say that one little thing is the first baby step. That is a great question to ask yourself. What does my heart want to say next? And get uh, one one thing that I've learned in writing set because I travel at, at different. I'm at different churches every Sunday, and so it's I don't get to be a part of like a lot of the planning sessions. And um, and so when I'm writing set lists, I've learned that if a song is in my mind or in my heart just to include it because mm -hmm. it's it's god kind of prompting me to go hey put this song in. and sometimes i'm like that song is like 20 years old yeah or 25 or 30 years old like why would I? and i'll put it in the set and uh the pastor will reference it in the message and or like it'll be part it'll be like just it'll it'll seamlessly flow out of out of those moments but it, i love i've never actually asked myself the question what does my heart want to sing next because that would that would prompt that space to go what if i'm going into the next song what do i want to say like what's going to be what do i naturally want to say not just what song is next on the ccli charts like or what song is everybody singing right now like what is 
what do I want to say? And that that's a great, that's a great space, man. And that opens it up past the top 10 songs because now like what your heart wants to say might be a 20 year old chorus of a song. Yep. And that's okay. Go for that. Yep. That's yep. better than like, well, it's not in the top 10 CCLI. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> who cares? This is worship. This is like, I don't know what we're doing anymore. And now it's such, such a weird season of worship that we're in. It's like, I always love when I hear worship leaders say like, that's a new song to our church. We've never done it from our honor stage. And you're like, but 90% of the room already knows that song. Like I, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's not going to be brand new as you bring out, you know, um, the song I was talking about that I did not long ago was that's why we praise him from Tommy Walker. And I was, it was just like, it was in my heart, in my mind. And I brought it out and like the whole room, it was like, they sang it every week. Everybody just knew it and it just it just went on and people were like came up to me afterwards and like that was a great song and I was and it was just great to sing it again and kind of be reminded about it fit the message and everything and so um yeah not not looking at not looking at it going well I want to sing this but it's not in our it's not in our 30 song repertoire you can you can venture out of that as you're kind of like go, going in and out of um with the songs that you're doing at your church yep so totally Awesome. Hey, so last time you were here, um, you shared with us that you're a horrible cook. You, you, you like, you were very honest last time you were on, you're like, I'm a horrible cook. Mm -hmm. I don't. So we're not, I'm not going to ask you what you're going to cook because, um, because that doesn't, I don't, you're not going to cook anything. And and so, so let's, I always end, I always end the podcast with a food question. So I'm going to ask you my new favorite food question, which is what is something you don't like eating that most people would like or enjoy, or, something you like that most people would find disgusting. Yeah. So I don't know if people agree or disagree with me, but I don't like lemon desserts. Like I'm, I love sweets. I'm yeah. a huge, huge sweets guy, but if I want sweets, I don't want it to be sour flavored. So why would you ever make a lemon thing? It's like, it should be sweet. No not lemon sour. bars. No lemon bar. Is no, thing it defeats the purpose. Well, okay. I have had like once I had, a lemon bar that was like the perfect texture and it had a bunch of powdered sugar on top and that was and it was like the perfect crispiness no le- on the bottom yeah no lemon you weren't you're were actually tasting the lemon there that you're yeah just like slightly but yeah, yeah if i'm gonna if i'm gonna go for sweets it's gonna be sweet not sour so no lemon no lemon nope. dessert yeah <laughs> that's my final answer that's my final answer that's uh that's yeah that's really funny that's really funny what is there is there something that um that you don't like or something that, that you like eating that people would find disgusting where you're like, this is really good. That no, people would go, nah, I don't really like I can't, I can't think of that. Well, I can speak on behalf of my wife. She, she likes to put lemon on her vanilla ice cream. So she's like the opposite of me. Opposites attract. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It fits. It fits. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Hey, can, um, tell us how we can connect with you and uh, tell us how we can connect with worship ministry training. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to put that link in the show notes. To, to the resources that you offer. Um, but tell us a little bit more about that and kind of how we can, you've, you've said a couple of times, the academy that you can, that, that, that you're doing. Tell us all about that. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. And thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, for the listeners, if you like podcasts, like you listen to Jason's podcast, I've had mine for eight or nine years now. So you can check out the worship ministry training podcast. So, uh, you know, practical, just like Jason's very practical. Yeah. Um, but his is better, of course. And then the Worship Ministry Training Academy is an online platform for worship leaders. 
to help you get organized, to help you, you know, build healthy teams, to help you uh, build engaging worship sets, see more participation from your church. It's just, it's just a way for you to up your leadership. And we give you 10 in-depth courses. We've got a ton of done-for-you admin systems and done-for-you resources, documents, team devotionals, like 52 team devotionals for you to lead your team every week. Um, just a bunch of stuff already done, all the hard work done. You just take it, get trained by the, the content, and then implement it into your ministry immediately. It's like a, a way to fast-track past a bunch of headaches. And you can try it for $1 for 15 days, and it's worshipministrytraining.com. So that's it. It's amazing. That's amazing. And I, yes, I, I have, uh, I, I love, I love what you're doing because it's, it's, you get to, you're spending time, uh, uh, mentoring and training worship leaders and you know, kind of pouring what you've learned into them. I love the done for you resources. That's a great, it's just a great, I, people going, Oh, I can, I, I can use that like right now and mm-hmm. not have to not have to develop something. Yeah. Um, one, one lady said, she's like, I used your templates and I literally saved five months of work. And I was like, wow, that's a testimonial right there. Five that's, months. Right. that's right. That's half amazing. a year. Give me a half a year back, please. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Hey man, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking time to, to, to do what you do and, uh, and, and continue pouring into leaders and continue just sharing the knowledge and the wisdom that you have to Kind of help advance uh this thing that we're doing on a regular basis which is leading people to jesus and it's it's uh no small task so I, uh, Thanks, can yeah. i make a confession to your listeners i jason had to call me four times because i overslept and missed our call <laughs> and uh he uh, he literally was sitting here waiting on zoom for me and i was not showing up and so thank you for being gracious jason and to the listeners god bless you god bless you <laughs> And on that note, uh, we'll see everybody. uh, We'll see everybody next week.